Welcome to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show, where our hearts are our master. A production of CosmicReality.com. And welcome to Cosmic Reality. It is July 18, 2023. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Walt Silva and Dolly Howard. Um, Dolly's got a little situation she's going to tell you about. And Walt, did you want to say hello to the audience? Yes. Yes. Thank you, for everyone, for um, being here with us tonight. I hope you have fun the way that we have fun. Yes, you like fun. <laughs> We're doing something wrong if we're not having fun. Mm-hmm. And Dolly, Dolly has not been having fun. <laughs> but she's, a, she's again, a trooper. She's always got these stories, you know? <laughs> Dramas in her life. So go ahead, Dolly. Give us, give us an overview of your last few days, couple days. Yeah. Yesterday, um, our power went off at 1130. And... Uh, it did not come back on until I think it was 6:30 yesterday, and it it was it wasn't real bad because it was pouring rain while the power guys were climbing poles on their metal ladders, and lightning and thunder and I can't believe that they have metal ladders, but anyway, so. We were sw- we were not sweltering all day, but we were very warm toward the end because <clears throat> uh, we had and that opened all the windows and doors, and we had a breeze blowing through the house. And we don't usually get that because we usually have to be closed up because it gets so freaking hot here. And lately, we've been having a heat wave. Uh, and a lot of humidity, so I haven't been even able to go outside because I can't breathe. You open the door and bam, you get hit in the face with, <gasps> you aren't going to breathe right now. <laughs> so anyway, we did that, and then that and I had a good time uh, being with each other and jo- enjoying each other's company. And then today at noon... Noon exactly even, the uh, power went off again. And I thought, oh, no, you have to be kidding me. And that said, hopefully it'll just be a little time today, not even an hour. Well, it went on to be an hour, over an hour, and that said, I got to go into the office. I have things I have to do. It worked. So she went into the office and left me here. Um, and today it did not have a breeze. There was no breeze whatsoever. But in the first couple hours, it poured rain. So the guys were out in their ladders, their metal ladders, climbing up to transformers to fix them <laughs> with the lightning and thunder and 
the rain. So the power didn't come on until, oh, when I texted you, and what was it, five each? A little after five today. So today we were without electricity for five hours. And yesterday it was, what was it, seven, six hours or seven hours. So right now I am just really, really warm. The AC, uh, of course, came on, but it hasn't been on long enough to cool the place down like we like it. So I've had all this excitement going on in my life. Uh, and uh, But today, I wanted to tell you, today it was... It affected more people. There, we live in a grid of 95 residents, and we always end up with no electricity while all the people across the street and around us have electricity. We don't. But today, it affected a huge area in Palm Bay. Uh, it was huge area. So at least I felt I wasn't being alone with the 95 people. So we never did find out what happened. They always send us these updates. And they and when they get the power back on, they say, oh, a branch fell on the FPL equipment. There's a lot of freaking branches falling around here. They, and they lie to us. We found that out today. They they just said they sent us the thing saying ninety five people were affected. But when Annette went out to work, um, she went down Jupiter toward where Nancy's neighbor moved, and I haven't heard from from him yet. But uh, it went down Jupiter, then it went down Malabar toward Malabar's uh, village. So it was a big area that it was affecting. So. That's my excitement for the last couple of days. But were there super major storms following the this outages? Were there so huge storms or no? What following the outage? No. Uh. Uh-uh. So they, have, they. So this it wasn't nature cutting the power. It was some kind of a snafu on the human side. Yes. Uh-huh. Our neighbor two doors down came today. And she sat to visit with us, and she said, I think there's something more than just the power going out. I looked at her. This was the first time she came in and visited. And I thought, ooh, I think she thinks like we do, but I don't want to terrify her if she doesn't. So I didn't say anything. So she's not a background person then? No, she's not a background person. <laughs> So that was that was it. All I got. Well, Walt brought up the background people or the backdrop people, <laughs> as Dolores Cannon says. And last week, one of the shows, I think it was this one, it might have been some, it might have been saying what, but we talked about, we played the uh, Dolores Cannon uh, clip that where she was talking about it and introducing it. And uh, if you listen to Radio 5G before, before this, you're probably going to be bored. But, you know, you might get even more out of it if, if you listen to it again. Because in that same show, there was another clip from, well, he, I thought I heard it as John Nolan. But it's spelled J-E-A-N, uh, Nolan. So, John 
Nolan. Um, he he was he w- he presented a apparently he had mentioned it in a previous podcast is about this concept of background people, but then he did a second uh, show when his shows are are short. This one happens to be like twenty nine minutes, but in it he goes through so much and explains so much of what understood about that concept right now because when Dolores introduced it and she was just being introduced to it guides it was back before 2019 um anyway uh in order to give Dolly a little more time for the air conditioning to kind of fill her room so she doesn't have to she gets excited she won't overheat uh we're going to play this clip so like I say it's going to be 29 minutes, but I think you'll find it very, very interesting. Hey, Inspired Tribe, my fellow freedom lovers, the John Nolan here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for being here with us for an Inspired live stream. And let me say this right off the bat. We're healthy, we're wealthy, we're whole, we're free, Inspired Tribe. Uh, it, it, it feels like Monday, but it's really, what, Wednesday? I think it's Wednesday, right? I, I hope if you are in the United States, or if you're celebrating the United States, I hope you had a great 4th of July. Um, perhaps some reflection on what that holiday means, what it means to you. We certainly did. Christina and I did a, a Honey Talks, our show on Locals yesterday, and we talked about it. Just in case you want to go check it out on inspired.locals.com. We're healthy, we're wealthy, we're whole, we're free. Remember that. That's the mantra of the Inspired Live Stream, and I think it's an important mantra. If you say it often enough, it it really permeates your cells and your DNA. That's important. I want to welcome Kay and Ronnie. Good to see you. I'm Crypto. Cheryl. Uh, Jermaine Arminas. TNA Plastic. I mean, these, these names are creative. Uh, Francis is here. Kevin is here. Good to see you. Kevin Bailey, good to see you, my friend. Um, Essie is here. It's good. To, it's so wonderful that you all are tuning in. Well, let's talk about something that uh, was one of the most popular subjects last over the last year on our channel. I can't believe the the amount of emails, comments, and messages we received over over the videos we did on NPCs and backdrop people, so non-player characters and backdrop people. W- what are they, right? So we're going to go a little bit into what they are. And how to deal with those people if they're really people. And it's kind of the controversy that people had. They said I was disrespectful or I was, um, you know, condescending. And I, I don't ever mean to be. But when you when you go into things and, and you kind of take the emotion out of it, right, and you really examine things and you re- examine facts, then you come to certain conclusions that you wouldn't come to if you allow yourself to be emotionally guided in that. So this is this is why I believe... Um, that we need to talk about it. So NPCs for the gamers out there, which I'm not, but gamers told me that's what they're called, non-player characters. Basically, they're characters in a video game that are there, kind of like extras in a movie, but they don't really have a role. They're not players, they don't really do anything. It's like the cheering crowd or um, just, you know, uh, pedestrians walking by. And um, Dolores Cannon, uh, she was a, a famous metaphysical spiritual author and uh, wrote many great books. Uh, she talked about and, and referred to these people as backdrop people. I encourage you to go look it up. Uh, she speaks about this uh, here on YouTube and on Rumble. Uh, she speaks about this and what they are and, and, and what her information on them is. But 
in a nutshell, you could call them not real people or soulless people. And I would I would venture to say that what determines if a being is real, a human being is real, is does does that human being have a soul, a spirit? If it doesn't have one, it's it's really a meat suit, right? And this is where people say, well, it's condescending. But, well, I've, I've been on this place often enough and I've been here long enough to, you know, I've, I've had a lot of experience with these meat suits and they just aren't real people. You, you, you don't find any of the real characteristics. Now, is everyone who behaves in a certain way an NPC? No, I don't believe so. There's other factors, contributing factors. There's a heavy programming and mind control that sometimes make people thoughtless, motionless. Yes, I agree. Um, but there is a good portion of the society out there, of the population, that are real NPCs. And these NPCs are s- sort of like multipliers. Uh, they don't have a lot of, of course, they don't have, they don't have creative power. They don't have a lot of any kind of force, but in, in sheer numbers, um, they have a, a kind of a, a force and power. We've seen this over the, this over the last years. The behavior of some of these NPCs and backdrop people—it's—it's it's a complete—it's um, it, like completely programmed and steered from outside of them. There's no intuition. There's no inner guidance. They're—they're they're basically just yes people. They'll do anything that they're told to do. And again, I know this kind of sounds horrible, but it's the truth. I can't help it. It's the truth. They exist. They're out there. They're kind of everywhere. And we have a phenomenon that we see now, and I believe uh, there's a difference between people who uh, accepted certain medical treatments that are actually spirited people and people that have accepted certain medical treatments that are non-spirited or non-soul people, non-player characters. I believe these are the first ones now, the NPCs who are, um, I'm sorry to put it that way, they're kind of zombifying. I mean, the, the things that we're observing, that we're seeing out there are just... I mean, they are what they are. You know, Max Egan kind of puts it beautifully always. He says, you know, it's just playing out now. There's there's really no turning back from this. It is playing out. But uh, a lot of you, a lot of us, I shall say, really have the clear guidance to not go into huge crowds, not go into very crowded places. You know, for those of you who loved going to festivals and concerts and stuff like that, in the last years, a lot of you, I know, haven't felt like it at all. As a matter of fact, going into crowds might be a challenge. Um, you know, I'm, I'm an artist and songwriter. I'll be honest with you. I, I I like a crowd when I'm on stage. I don't like to be in a crowd. Now, you ask Christine about it. Uh, that's a whole different story. She really doesn't like to be in crowds. But partially because the, the vibration and frequency in large crowds has become so low for the most part. Unless people gather for a specific purpose that you know kind of springs from higher consciousness a movement um a a you know protest in a positive way then of course it's different but if you just go into random crowded places energetically speaking it is very very bad right now and you also see these horrific uh, supposedly random acts of violence um th- that have increased heavily over the last years couple of years m- more than ever before and this erratic behavior, kind of a, a, a such an aggressive and a violent reaction to seemingly, you know, small things. We see that and, and people don't make the connection. These are soulless NPCs that react in that way. They're not real people. And, and, and that's why we see such a discrepancy 
in the behavior. And, and that's why people have the clear guidance to also move away. We haven't, I think we have the, the biggest migration wave, um, you know, short of, of course, the big migration waves coming into the United States in, in the past hundreds of years. But in, in this century and probably even counting the 20th century, the movement of people between, you know, in the United States within people that are moving from one place to another, people that are leaving cities, moving out into the country. It is absolutely astonishing big, and it is to a large degree because they don't feel at home anymore, like they belong anymore. They can't relate to the a group of people that they might be surrounded by, and often they don't realize it is because they are surrounded by a lot of backdrop people. It simply isn't, it's not a very pleasant thing because you're, you're basically looking at empty shelves, right? Uh, there's not much there. Um, and I can't really speak to a lot of people say, well, that's part of a simu the simulation that we're in, right? If there was a simulation, if, th if this is a simulation, let me put it that way. Yeah, it would make sense that you have these fillers, these extras. Yes, certainly. Um, but I think these extras are currently um, kind of being used and phased out at the same time. So when I talked about the zombification, I think the greatest um, trouble will probably come from large groups of, of such people that can be steered into erratic behavior. And because they now have so many access points to steer those people, steer those NPCs, that, that's why I think we're seeing some mass erratic behavior that is otherwise inexplicable. For us or for, for people who do feel they have a spirit and they have a spiritual connection and they have a connection with the creator and connection with God, um, it is very, very important to not get too invested in in the in the drama that is unfolding, right? I always say we kind of have to keep our eye on the ball just a little bit and, and keep in touch with what's happening so we can make certain arrangements, yes. But for the most part, it is really up to us to be really invested. Well, you hear that? That's that's Montana, our puppy in the background. Um, it's really up to us to be invested more and more in this uh, organic, beautiful timeline that we want to bring about. Uh, the NPCs, the backdrop people, will not be part of that timeline. I can promise you that because there is no room for that. Because it's not authentic. It's not real. And anything that isn't authentic or real cannot exist in an authentic, real, natural, divine timeline, right? So more and more people are stepping out of the artificial world, whether that's, um, you know, e excessive use of technology, whether that's living in the cities where, where more and more things are being digitized and really becoming very, very artificial on top of the concrete jungle that's already very artificial. So people feel that natural nudge. And it is really a time where we need to do the, the necessary inner work for this ascension process that we're in. Ascension simply means that we are leveling up. We're leveling up into a, a different frequency and um, in, in, into a way of living that's going to feel very different, much lighter than it is now. It's not going to be as dense as heavy. And uh, the, the kind of violence and violent uh, society that we have, inherently violent, I will say this, our communication, um, all of it is, is is very aggressive and violent right now. We're 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 ascending beyond that if we do the inner work, 
And inner work means prayer and meditation. First and foremost, that is the main thing because it daily reconnects us with the divine. And that there's no replacement for that, to have that introspection. You need to overcome the physical senses, uh, which are the lowest form of perception for any being. Physical senses are the lowest form of perception. They're, they're quite important. Don't get me wrong. You want to smell if there's gas in the air. Uh, you want to make sure that you can taste something that is harmful to your body. Um, they are important, but they're the lowest senses, right? They give us the least amount of information out of all the senses that are available to us, which um, the higher you go, you go into the third eye. Uh, you go into the what's happening over there. Montana is roaming around. Uh, you go into the third eye, the pineal, the pineal gland, uh, which, you know, we're going to talk about that uh, a little more in a very near future here. Uh, as Frank Jacob has announced, his new webinar that's coming out on July 14th is actually exactly about that. He calls it the inner looking glass. And the activation of these uh, higher senses that allow us to perceive reality in a much more comprehensive and a co more complex and 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 um, in, in, in a more comprehensive, colorful deeper sounds, uh, deeper smells, everything. It just fills in all the missing pieces that our senses can't fill in. And uh, as we're, we're now in this transitioning period, and why I'm talking about these backdrop people, because some of us and some of you might even have relatives that are kind of like backdrop people. There's not much there. There's just not much substance there. And our deep, deep desire to help everyone and bring everyone along can be hindering and unhealthy. Really, it can be hindering and unhealthy. And I, I, I really want you to walk with that thought for a little bit uh, because you can't bring them along because it might not be in their path. It might not be time for them quite yet. We're all, um, as much as we are creating a collective journey, we're also all on our individual paths of development, spiritual development. And you simply can't force anyone into it. There is no forcing someone into leveling up or into becoming something they cannot be, right? Um, there's also, it's clear that um, be, that we cannot use violence, right? That we cannot use violence against those people apart from having to defend ourselves if that happens, but we can't use offensive violence because what that does is if you use offensive violence where you go and offensively seek to hurt someone, you're, I mean, the, the the rate at which you're lowering your frequency and vibration is staggering because that aggression and violence level, it's way down here on the uh, on the scale. There is a frequency of vibration scale. If bliss and joy and, and, and peace and harmony are way up here, then violence, aggression, anger is way down here. And it can't be both at the same time. So it's a matter of spiritual development that we you really shouldn't resort to violence and aggression towards people. Unless, you know, it's warranted because you need to defend yourself. Um, it, it also, you know, it also becomes a thing of for parents, uh, where do you, where do you, who, who do you trust your children with, right? Um, because they are the precious generation to come. The beautiful thing that the natives, the indigenous people of North America have always said, we don't inherit the earth from our ancestors. We borrow it from our children. And that's a much more beautiful way to look at it, I think. But for those of you who have younger children, school-aged children, um, I remember that time for us. It was a very conscious decision where we 
send our children to? You know, do we send them to school? What kind of school? Who who are they spending time with? Where are they? What are they exposed to for longer periods of time? Um, today, more than ever, it's social media, it's it's internet, it's making sure that um, they are in an environment that is actually conducive to what you want them to become, right? Or conducive to their development. I don't, you know, I don't think it's it's healthy for people to spend a lot of time with backdrop people that are simply tuned into a preset program. And again, I know this is controversial to say, uh, if 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 people would classify backdrop people and NPCs as a separate race, then you you could call me racist. Sure, you could do that. Um, but I believe that that which needs to be cultivated the most and that which is guiding the human story moving forward on this organic timeline is actually organic, natural, and uh, people with a soul, people that actually possess the spirit. Um, that's, that's, I think, what is most important. One Another thing that we notice is um, traffic, of all things, is where these NPCs are currently uh, causing a lot of chaos. I mean, the, the amount of erratic behavior on roads that we've seen lately in the last months, it's just ever increasing. And again, especially in, in the cities and around the cities, it's becoming horrible. To, I, I don't even know how to describe it, but the, the level of, of, you know, you can't even call it driving. You know, they're just, uh, you know, frantically uh, pushing a pedal and, and, and turning a steering wheel. It's not driving. All of these things were kind of predestined, predetermined. There's a scene in, in the fourth Matrix movie, which, by the way, I thought it was a mediocre movie at best. I, I didn't like it at all, to be honest. There's a scene in the Matrix movie. I think it's quite towards the end. We're at the push of a button or sending out of a frequency. Vast amounts of people react, right, because they have been pre-programmed or equipped in a certain way you know, who knows, in certain ways, equipped, um, so they can later be steered accordingly. All of these things were kind of prophesized, and um, we kind of knew this was coming. It just, the, the pieces, if you put them all together, that's what they're all, what they all spell out. So we're seeing a, a perfect convergence of all of these factors that lead to one clear conclusion that we need to take 100% responsibility for our lives right now, for the lives of our children, and take positive and constructive and co-creative action to create the new and move out of these highly destructive and highly violent systems right now. Uh, you, you don't want to live in a world with, with NPCs. You don't want to live in a world with backdrop people uh, where th they are the guiding mass force it's just I, I don't want to and and I, i'm sure you don't want to so in that it also means that we have to withdraw from some of the relationships that are not working anymore as a matter of fact someone wrote wrote us an email i believe last week uh, and if i'm not mistaken it was a woman who wrote us an email and of course i'm not going to mention names but she says i think my husband is an npc i think my husband is a backdrop person I didn't realize it before, but now I just see it so clearly. There's there's no spirit. There's no soul. There's just emptiness. And, I mean, let's be honest. You, you know, that's a shock if you realize it. That's kind of a shock. And people are saying, 
man, some people have even said this about their children. They're like, I don't know what happened, but they're void of, there's just nothing there. And as I said, I do believe there are, there are differences. Um, we also have to realize that the way of life and the amount of influence from all areas, whether that's in a technological way or whether that's in a medical way, wherever you can influence the human being, it, it has all been aimed for the last hundreds of years at disconnecting you from your spirit. I mean, that's literally the aim of these forces, because those who are connected, those who feel a relationship with the creator, you, you, I'd rather die than comply. You have to understand that. I'm not saying those are the only two choices, death or compliance, but I'm saying before I live on my knees and say, please, please, and thank you, and uh, whoever believes to be the authority, that's never going to happen. I have a spiritual connection. I get, this is just a temporary experience, and I won't be a slave in this experience. Hell no, it's, not, it's just not going to happen, right? So for those of us who feel this deep connection, we are uncontrollable, literally uncontrollable. We will never do things that go against our moral compass, against our better judgment, against our values. Um, but there's a transitioning period that we are in, and in that it's a balance between the co-creative part, between going into all these dark places and shining our light and also withdrawing from other places because it's kind of like a battlefield where we have no race in the horse. Let these NPCs take care of each other if they need to. I mean, let them do it, right? Um, so th this is kind of the – sometimes you need to spell it out and also realize nothing changes overnight. The world doesn't change overnight. We're changing it in a meaningful way. But this transitioning period, it, it requires a lot of discernment, and you have to make judgment calls all the time. It's not like it used to be even 15 years ago. You have to make judgment calls all the time and just say, no, no, like I'm not doing this. I'm not communicating with this person. I'm withdrawing. I'm deleting them from my life. That has to be a choice, right? So I kind of wanted to address that today because I believe it's something that a lot of people don't have words for. Uh they just notice that the relationships, the conversations, a lot of what's happening in the public arena has changed so drastically, and they don't know why. There's multiple reasons, but one of them is the clear visibility. The more you wake up to who you truly are, the more you see what isn't truthful and authentic. That's clear, right? The, 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 the more you are true north on your compass, the more you realize everything that isn't, it's just everything is becoming so blatantly obvious. And it's it's almost like a cartoon in some ways. Like if you watch clips, I mean, the, the, the person who identifies as the current president of the United States is a backdrop person. He's an NPC. I mean, that's like the definition of an NPC. The definition is just an empty vessel. Nothing there. Nothing there. So this discernment is necessary. These conversations are necessary, and this harsh truth is necessary. Nobody said the Great Awakening and this period, this transitioning period, was going to be easy, comfy, or breezy, or any of those chill words. It's not. It's, um, you know, it sends us on the ultimate emotional roller coaster, and we are examining all our previous truths and realizing, well, we had it wrong. We have to change. We have to change how we look at the world. We have to change it how we look at ourselves. And we have to be really, really honest. It's kind of the look in the mirror where you go, 
no more bullshit. I see the truth and I got to live up to it. I think this is the most important thing right now. We got to become really authentic and truthful with ourselves. And uh, it's also the death of the ego. The ego won't help you, right? Um, I mean, the ego might help you, you know, in, in a live or die situation kind of where it it's a self-preservation. But for the most part, the ego is very much in the way because this is a spiritual evolution and a spiritual revolution. So that's kind of it on, on the backdrop, people. And uh, one of our uh, one of our friends and previous uh, participants at the ret retreats, Christina and I do said, you know, you never say it like that. But you should actually tell people that the retreat that you guys are doing, um, it's all about evolving on the spiritual, authentic, organic, natural human timeline. And I said, I can't believe I haven't thought of, it, of that. Janae told us this. She said, that's how you have to you know, have to tell people that's what happens there. It's it's really a spiritual evolution on that natural timeline. I said, it's so beautiful that you put it that way. I, I you know, I've never had the words for it really, but I guess that's what we're doing. We're cultivating this natural timeline that we talk about. Um, that Frank Jacob and I have talked about, and many others, and many are seeing it now. Many are seeing that's a timeline they want to be on. So, a quick, just a quick word on that. Um, I think we're we're halfway full. But if if you feel like uh, a you know a deep shift experience might be in your near future, go check out the link in in the description here for the Yado retreat that we're doing from October fifth through October eighth. We go deep. We do deep transformational experiences on a spiritual, physical, emotional level. Um, we go into deep meditations, and really, like Janae said, we cultivate the natural organic human timeline that's what it's all about and the beautiful thing is the connections that are made there the friendships the tribe connections it's just beautiful so information in a description uh we haven't had npcs there yet they don't tend to come to these kinds of things but it, it, we so look forward to to this one coming up in october I, I actually you know i wish it would be here now uh because of the expansion that happens over four days three and a half days it's just uh, we can never fully anticipate how far we're going to expand because we don't ever fully know what kind of what the group will be like. But recently in the past few, uh, they were just amazing, just an amazing group of people that really showed up and and was fully invested, you know, fully there, 100 percent. There's really only two things that we ask of our participants when they come is, hey, do you get 100 percent an inner yes to come to this retreat? Because that's what's needed. Ninety percent won't do 100 and the second thing is you just can't be on any kind of mind-altering drugs, legal or illegal. It doesn't work and never works, never has, uh, because these processes require people to be fully in touch with their emotional body, with their feelings, and that doesn't work with those drugs. So that's all. Uh, and if that speaks to you, if you feel like you want to be part of this experience, you're ready for a shift of energy, go check out the link in the description. See if that speaks to you. We'd love to have you. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Okay, uh, TST or T-E-S-T probably came in late. Non-player character, that's what that stands for. Um, last but not least, before we log off, don't feel bad. Please don't feel bad about clarity that you gain on things. Don't feel bad about thinking, okay, that person is just a complete idiot. There's absolutely nothing that I could possibly communicate about with this person Sometimes that's what it takes. Some people out there are just complete morons, complete idiots. They have they they don't have a brain connection, they have a heart connection. And it's just the way it is. 
it sounds harsh and call, call me out for my judgment here, but you know, it's the truth. You had these experiences where you walked away and go, you know, sometimes you meet people where you're just absolutely happy that you're going to spend the rest of your life apart from them. And that's kind of how that is. But those judgment calls, those discernment calls, they are important because otherwise we get caught up in those stories. We get caught up in the wrong places. We waste time and energy and we don't have time and energy to waste. We currently have this transformational energy window that's open and we need to use it. You, us, all together, we need to use this energy windows because they're not always open. It doesn't mean you can't always create change, but wouldn't you rather use some cosmic uh, uh, tailwind that pushes you forward, that gives you opportunities that usually aren't there? Wouldn't you rather use an expansion, a quantum leap expansion rather than pushing hard? Right now we have that opportunity. The window is open. The energy window is, is ripe but we have to use it. It will close, right? It will close. And, and many opposing forces are vying for this energy window because they know it too. They're using it too. It's up to us to take over, really take over and, and, you know, get her done, get her done friends. All right. Much love to you. Also last, last, but not least. <laughs> Thank you. Two days ago on July 3rd, um, I released my new song, Faith in Me. You can watch the video here. Uh, it's two videos down on this channel. Your comments, your reactions to the song, and, and many of you had no idea I was an artist and songwriter. I have been all my life. They were so heartwarming, literally. Uh, you know, it doesn't happen often. You know, all our kids are involved. They all help. We all, you know, this is an inspired family operation here, but... I mean, they just came back and said, did you read those comments? Just, I'm speechless. And it rarely happens, but I was speechless reading the comments, how beautiful, how heartfelt, how, you know, truthful, and how you, you know, you were able to express what you felt listening to that song. Nothing could mean more to me. You know, you go, and, and if this turns number one tomorrow and becomes the biggest hit, commercially speaking, it wouldn't mean as much to me as having felt and read your words, your comments, what it did to you. Because my intention with this song, it's called Faith in Me, but my intention with this song was really for it to be our song, our story, because I believe it's our story. So many of you share this story that I sing about in this song, The Journey. And I, I was just absolutely stunned. And I want to thank you again. Um, I still keep reading through the comments. My heart is full and I, you know, we're just so blessed, Christine and I, our whole family, we're just so blessed to have such a wonderful tribe, such a wonderful extended family. Thank you. So much love to you all. Many blessings. We love you very, very much. And we'll be back with you again very soon. Okay. Are you guys still with me? <laughs> yeah. Did you see the question that I yeah. put on the chat? No, I didn't have the chat up. I always watch the station. Oh. While you're while you're getting that up, can you can you give me a little background on this guy? I don't really know too much except that I've listened to this is my third time listening to him and I'm really impressed with him. Um I'll have the link uh I'll get the link on it. Okay. Thanks. Did, did you like him? Um, I feel him, I feel him so deeply inside of me. 
It's like uh, my soul connected with his soul. Um, uh. And I don't understand everything he was saying because I, I think because I don't know his background. Um, but he was very sincere in everything he was saying. Yes. So, yes, I, I think I, I definitely appreciate him. And, uh, Walt, what did you think about what he was saying? Well, that's, that's why I posted the question where it made me think how, I put the question, how many of the VAX are actually NPCs? Oh, 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 okay, all right. I forgot what I was looking for. I scrolled down and I didn't realize what I was looking for. Um, you know, I've, I had that same kind of thought um, because Mark Steele, last audio I heard of him, you know, interview type thing, he was going through all the reasons why everybody's going to die from the combination of the uh, the vaccines and the 5G type of stuff. And then he started at the end, near the end of the show, he says, but why aren't they dying? Why aren't they dying? Why aren't they dying? And, you know, you can say, well, we don't think that we were going to die from it because we didn't have contracts because we didn't take it for, you know, a lot of reasons. But what if it within the people that took the everything and that he thinks should be dying and aren't are background people or backdrop people, you know, that those people aren't dying because they're, they're still backdrop people. So, yeah, you might be right. So background people don't have a contract there, therefore they cannot be killed. <laughs> well, what's the point? They're not. I mean, the point of killing somebody is to get their soul off the planet, not to just having another dead body. You want it to stop, right? Uh, yeah. And if because you guys, that's the people. That's the part that people don't realize. Uh, well, those, those that think that uh, that's all we are—a physical body—they're. Uh, couldn't be more wrong because it's that's not the point. the The point is that soul business. That's that's where the money is. <laughs> Nobody cares about the 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 physical. That's why this business of not consenting to stuff is so important, because it's what you know. This is what's driving the reality. What are we agreeing to? What are we re rejecting? What are we? What kind of reality do we want for ourselves? And uh, we start stop having somebody else, w which you believe is an authority, which is a questionable, questionable authority. They stop telling, they stop letting uh, those in supposed authority telling you what to think or what to do. So we're we're getting away from that. Enough of that shit. <laughs> so I wonder. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I wonder if a lot of those backdrop people, uh, the beings, because I don't think they're people even, they're just beings that were created. And um, I'm not sure who created them, because I don't agree. We'll, we'll get to that part later. But I wonder if they were created to be the ones who were taking the vaxes so that the ones with souls weren't getting those vaxes. 
I, I, I just wonder about that in my head. This is this is putting uh, the crimps on the on the plans of the cabal because the cabal, the cabal wanted victims with a uh, full activated uh, souls. Uh, you know, empty bodies is there's no money in empty bodies. So, but it is a war. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Between evil and good. So, I'm I'm thinking that because of these backdrop people taking all those vaccines. We, the the black state, the, the dark deep state, was uh, being played. Well, that uh, think and and this is this is something that you you can uh, connect with because the, it, it is within your lifetime. For example, when we think about the second world war and all the people that died in the second world war in europe uh, in the united states you know all the people that perished because of all that war activity second world war okay how many were background people 50 percent of them 60 percent of them you know was everyone uh, was every Person killed was unsold and and a, you know fully sold people or was only some of them unsold the rest were just background people because if that's the issue right now that we have so many background people now now he's detecting it and he's n noticing like that that's why he say he doesn't want to be in crowds. Okay, granted, maybe in the past there weren't as noticeable. People weren't so psychic or so awake in the in those decades, so they weren't readily detecting which ones were background people. But now they are becoming so evident, nobody is even questioning it. They're looking at this. Oh, that that's a background person. You know, they see that. You know, the lights are on, but there's nobody home. Well, Walt, remember I said that one of the questions I've had in my life was, how come there's more and more people? If everybody has a soul, why is there more and more people? Where are these souls coming from? And it makes sense. Well, no, they're just making background people. So it's, if you go back, I mean, how far back do you go before you reach a, a point that you, you're within the, you know, I mean... I don't know. Maybe it all goes back to Adam and Eve. Maybe they're the only ones that had souls, for all I know. Maybe we're all background people. Um, there's another part, and I remember one of the lectures of uh, Tobias, the, uh, the what do you call it, the uh, spiritual master that was channeled by Jeffrey Hoppe of the uh, Crimson Circle. Um, he, they, The question was because of it was somebody, what, the issue oh okay because he was explaining somebody had a question and he was explaining that many he said many of you have, have been alive so many times that you're actually experts at, at the business of dying so you're very smart you leave before you die so in the last week, week or 10 days that you're 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 you you left the body but the uh, 
the soul of the body is still around and is still moving and is still going to the store and is still going to the bathroom, but the the main soul is gone. This is only the this is only just the uh, the body the, the the body's soul that keeps it running. So he said that so that would mean by his definition in the last week or the last ten days before that person officially died, it, but that person becomes a background person. Only the body has its physical soul, but the uh, spiritual soul is gone. Because you, he says that he said that you guys are such experts at dying, you don't want to live through that trauma over and over and over again. So you make it your business, and you know the body is gonna die on such a date or so many days, you leave. So I'm I'm thinking, okay, if that's if that's a, that's something else to take into account then that would make it those people, background people, because they were getting ready to go. So they know the body was going to leave eventually, So, but they just leave before the, the, the unnecessary trauma. That's another piece of... Oh, the, I, 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 don't, I don't know who makes these background... Hell, I don't know who makes me. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, it's like... But it is a fascinating... Um, journey to go that way because like I say I wouldn't be so uh, on it except I saw an entire terminal at the airport with no customers in it just me and you know you asked me last the last show we were talking about this about what did uh, Dolores Cannon think they came from she thought that they you know that we make them um, and Dolly says she doesn't feel comfortable with that interpretation and I really don't either because I, well, not, I I agree with this man. I, I don't know how old he is, uh, but I agree with him with what he says because there is something that's being said now that what isn't being said before is that before they were saying about the, the business of background people being there or not. But now someone is pointing out the fact that the very essence of the very energy that they emit is completely different from an unsold person. Very low vibration, very low presence, is a very low everything, very low frequency to their whole beingness. That this is the first time I'm hearing that out loud. Normally, before everybody were saying, okay, this is a real person or this is a background person, that's it, that's, it. that's the only distinction they were making. Now they're saying, no, they actually feel different. The energy in a space occupied by background people feels yucky, feels bad, it feels uncomfortable. You know that, you know, you don't want to be around them. So this is the first way that I'm, the first time that I'm openly hearing these words. But uh, I, I, I agree with that because ever as far back as I can remember, I absolutely always hated crowds. You know, if I was going to go to a movie, I'm going to, I would, I would choose to go at the earliest convenience when the movie theater is practically empty. And, and that goes for everything. Ever since as far back as I can remember, I would avoid crowds like the plague. I never went to, I mean, I, the, the, the biggest crowd I've ever been to was like, uh, and that was the one time uh, in uh, Giant Stadium, New Jersey, I forget the year, I went to see the, uh, the concert by Pink Floyd the this brick in the brick in the in the wall concert that was the 
first and all, I've only and the only time I've ever been such a such a large concert. Uh, at the time, I I never paid attention to this business of background people, but I just I remember how uncomfortable it felt being surrounded by so many people. I, I just focused on the music to <laughs> to to be. Uh, I would just focus on that, so in order to ignore the the whole the giant crowd uh, around us. Well, I think it's um, let's say erroneous to assume that background people always have a negative feel to them. I think the problem is, is that some very nice kind of people are really background people. I think we can be fooled by them. It's like that that uh, email or whatever he got, the messaging he got from the woman who said, I think my husband might be one of those. At some point, she loved him. You know, I mean, it's an, I think it's very complicated, you know. I, it, it, we might, at certain points, be controlling a background person. Well, there's another, like, for example, that point that you just made, where the woman, obviously, at some point, she loved her husband. Maybe he's not a background person. Maybe she's interpreting the what she's experiencing as a background person. But maybe this is, this is the matter because Dolly has said it she, many times that the, her posse is explaining to her that so many people are choosing not to move on. They're choosing to stay stuck in the third in the, the third in the third dimension. So you would those would pass for background person because they're refusing to move ahead. They're, they're refusing to advance to progress. So. It, Maybe they're just normal people, but they're just choosing to stay <laughs> still stuck in the own mode of being. So it doesn't mean that they don't have souls. They're just choosing not to move ahead. They're choosing not to progress. Dolly has mentioned that several times, that that, that's, that exists, and that they're not background people. They're just souls that choose to stay back. I don't see it. The posse does. Well... Blame them. <laughs> but they're the ones that say it. <laughs> I don't know how, I don't know those kinds of things. At all. That's excellent. Because that means that you don't have your own thoughts uh, leading you astray. <laughs> but you also believe there's background or backdrop people. Dolly. Yes, I do. But I don't know uh, how they're created because it could be many, many different ways. Yeah. And I don't think I'm creating my background people or background people that I run into because I have no freaking desire. I, I, don't, I don't like playing games. Background people in my life would just they would just irritate the hell out of me. <laughs> okay. So that's how I feel about background people. I believe they're there, but I don't know how they got there. I don't know and how they got there either. I believe that they are needed because there are so many things that they can be used for, that they are being used for. And... I don't know 
that they enough that there would be enough people with souls who would do the crappy stuff the background people do. So well, you they heard what, to develop them. Well, you heard what the uh, was it Dave or the Posse who told when I asked you the question regarding the sound of uh, freedom. When I asked, you know, was it NPCs watching this movie? And you know, they were all they were all real people. So it just goes to show that that's how really critical and important and seminal for the, this particular time in history, the the showing of that movie. There it was witnessed by real people. All of all of the, you know, everyone was who was there in the movie theater were real people. So it just goes to show that it was it was too important to be filled with uh, NPCs. Yeah, they were. I'm I'm hearing Dave in the background. They uh. This movie was made for souls that uh, that the spiritual beings God is wanting to save, to bring forward, to to uh, get out of the the deep state type beings, the satanic people. They they want to. It's the spiritual war. The good against the bad. And this movie was made to bring more good people uh, forward and leave the back, the, the satanic beings behind. Uh, so this was a special movie created for special people. And he's done. So they, they knew that they wouldn't have NPCs filling this, those chairs. No, NPCs have no interest, he says, in going to a movie like this. And because people are talking about it so much, the NPCs know if they went to that movie what it, that it would not interest them. So they don't go. Well, they're probably programmed not to go, <laughs> no matter how the programming got there. You know, yeah, yeah, do not go yeah. to that movie. And it's <laughs> odd because it's odd because um, I had an opportunity to get a, you know, see a copy of it, and I didn't want to see it. <laughs> it's like I I know what's in it. I don't want I don't want to go through the agony and the pain that you go through when you see this thing. That's the although, way I feel, yes. Yeah, although um, on Radio 5G, which is tomorrow at noontime, we've got Karen McDonald on again. And she, I, it seemed to me like she was saying that nobody had had, really has ever asked her about her experience with her children being uh, essentially abducted. Uh, and she just laid it out it was like astounding because it's one thing to hear the stories that were made into a movie it's another to hear a mom telling you exactly what happened to her they, so, they were cabal abducted say again they were abducted by the cabal yes oh yes it's um absolutely 
I, I, she really blew my mind on, on that. It, we started out, it was going to be a two-hour recording, and Mark Joseph was with me, and it went for four hours, and she was the one doing the vast majority of the speaking. And it was one story after another, but, um, yeah, if you want to, and, and, you know, uh, well, well, we'll get into that maybe after the break. Uh, about her connection to the Ved Bruce Walt. So hmm. let's just uh, let's just see what we're going to do here. This is, um, oh, I meant to pull this up and then I forgot to do it. But I will get there just in a moment here. Here we go. Let me take a moment to thank the people who make intergalactic distribution of this show possible. Mystical Wares in Mount Vernon, Washington. Friends, do you wish to lift the veil of earthly duality? Is it time to develop your personal code of conduct and morality? Then head on down to Mystical Wares in Mount Vernon, Washington, where you will meet like-minded people just champing at the beat to support you. Whether you are looking for gifts or tools for personal development, when you visit Mystical Wares, you will be in your element. Online or on location, you'll be sure to give them a standing ovation. A day at Mystical Wares is a day well spent, and their customer service, well, it's heaven sent. Mysticalwares.com. It's the bomb! Welcome back to Cosmic Reality. It's July 18, 2023. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Walt Silva and Dolly Howard. Thank you. I love it. Oh, okay. Good, good, good. Um, I know just before we left, I said we should co- talk about something. Does anybody remember what it was? <laughs> no. It was something Walt was thinking about, I think. What was it? We were yeah. talking about the, the background people. And... Well, it'll come to me if it if it's important to talk about. Walter, are you back? Oh, maybe he's not. Yeah. Well, his cat was making a lot of noise. Uh, maybe he's taking care of the cat. Uh, I don't know what was wrong with it. I don't know. He's still on the call, Skype call, so. Anyway, um... Okay, so I I don't know where to go without you. I was wondering when Marsha, our neighbor, came over and she said, I think this is more than just, there's more behind the power outage. Uh, that really intrigued me when she said that. What do you think that could be about? Well, I don't know. It could be a whole bunch of things came into my head all of a sudden, but I one's right. You mean they're 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 still uh, emptying out those dumps? Oh, oh, that's that's the other thing. Oh, oh, the red root, the the red roots. Oh McDonald. yeah, McDonald. Okay, so um, Mark and I are doing a recording of it, and. 
I told him, I said, look at, why don't you make the introduction? So he's given this introduction to her and he said something about uh, a Bedrus clan mother. And I like, did he say Bedrus? You know, and she's up in Canada, right? So, <laughs> it, it okay, this is the story, Walt. You know the Vedrus people from Anastasia's time, but you know the ones she's talking about, the ones she's is right. Well, it and you remember how uh, uh, the whole native um, native Russian seemed the Vedrus seemed to disappear. Yeah. Well, it seems like they may have immigrated to Canada. Oh. Because there's a whole community of the Vedrus people in the northwest Can Canadian area. And I mean, I was just blown away by the, the connection to those people for a lot of reasons that I'm not going to get into here. What language do they speak? Uh, she says it, but I don't know. I don't remember. I mean, most of the time I was just trying to hang on to the conversation. It was just amazing. Um, but anyway, she's going to, uh, she'll be on on Wednesday. And because it was four hours, and we never took a break. I mean, there was no break in this four hours. Um, we're going to have a second show. That, man, she just she's she's just really naming names, and she knows an awful lot of people. Very very interesting, and she also had your resonator there. Oh, she she'd gotten some more shungite from Mark, and she read my book. She read my book, Walt. Oh. <laughs> or is in the process of reading it and uh, she was really complimentary on you know the what was in the book you know um because she's into a lot of the bioenergetics and all sorts of different modalities i mean when i said to, I, I messaged mark i said why don't you introduce her and he comes back to me and he said well i can do that up to a point she she's very she's got so many things you know and i was laughing because that's why i threw it to him <laughs> she's got this and this and this and this but um what what why what, why i started thinking about that was because i asked her about the fires in canada and she said well she said those fires are being are a result of them clearing out the dumps in Canada. And she goes into a lengthy explanation about the fact that it, who was it? Oh, in the movie, uh, Sound of Freedom, she, they said that America was the number one center for pedophilic action. And she said, no, it's Canada. And she, I mean, she knows so much about so many layers. She was answering questions that I had that we've talked about on this show, and I really have to listen to that again, because like I say, most of the time I was just trying to hang on. Amazing. You're playing yeah. her tomorrow on Taiki? Yeah. Yes. Oh, cool. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm hoping the station is still doing all right, because it just did drop off, but sometimes they don't even hear it uh we we did have trouble even though we were not live we did have trouble with some of her uh signal but she seems to be very protected i know she's very protected 
uh, her position. I mean, it's just I, you're going to find her really fascinating because we didn't really get into that part of her life when we talked to her, Walt. So um, I think you're going to. And which part? The part about the uh, bed roost and the connection and her fact that she's a clan mother and what does that mean and the people you know the questions like the language you know because they are living in uh, the same kind of uh, natural environment talked about by Anastasia Anastasia and you know the I don't I, and see all of this I don't have the details for so anyway she's agreed to do more shows with me and somehow or another what I would like to see happen is that we take that four hours where she boom, 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 you know, and basically slow it down so that we can flesh out a lot of what she's saying. Like, I want to get into the bed bedrooms. I want the details. She's She knows the details. And I want, you know, to do shows on specific subjects and give her a platform to, to teach her amazing knowledge. So that's going to be fun. Now, I want to tell everybody, you can hear this tomorrow, Wednesday, at noon, on the on where we are now, Cosmic Reality Radio, because in case they don't know the, those and, details. And they just go to co CosmicReality.com slash radio, and that link, you see the link on the uh, tab, a tab at the top. You go there and you can get into the archives. Or if you prefer podcast, you hit the podcast and take us take you to a podcast station. But any podcast station you are signed up with should be carrying Cosmic Reality Radio. So, um, yeah. And we are on Rumble. Oh, I forgot to mention that. Cosmic Reality. I think it might be radio or media, but it's you can just all you have to put is Cosmic Reality in. And of course, you look for the logo that. You know, we the that's on this station. Um, we're on yeah. we're on what you said, Rumble. Rumble. Yes. Well, uh, what happened? Was live. <laughs> what? Are we live on Rumble? We're not live now. No, but there'll be a tape up of the show. Oh, okay. So, but we're live here now. Yes, we're live here. Uh, see how confused I can get. I I apologize. I had to I had to grab my my wrist so I could see if I had a pulse. So that's how confusing it is. <laughs> oh, you got confused too. <laughs> no, just by what you were saying. What? <laughs> oh, you I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. I'm oh, sorry. Yes, Rumble. Um, what happened was back in. Um, September of 21 when YouTube took me down in a thousand plus shows um, I tried to go on on all of them brighty on you know the all the um, I, I tried them all and they never they just didn't seem to be working for me because we got a you know we're, we're doing two-hour shows so even though you have it in audio you have to put up a video so it's a it's a lot of bandwidth and it was taking forever, and, you know, I finally just gave up on it, and we did the bot pod podcast. But um, we're not sure what's happening with the podcast, to be honest. 
and Rumble now, it has gotten more stable. Let me put it to you that way. So I just put up two from last week, and it's another way of trying to build the audience. I, you know me, I don't want to build the audience, but my feeling is is that it's we're, it's the Shungite message. I think we need to to uh, you know take another run at getting more and more people into the Shungite because of well because it's Shungite. And so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna you know at least start going on Rumble and see where it takes us. John Lodge said that the problem with Rumble is that they they didn't have the necessary bandwidth. They don't have anything even close like uh, YouTube. YouTube has obscene amounts of love bandwidth. Uh, it it looks like uh, Rumble is so it's building up their stuff. So as they build up the stuff, then they they're able to handle more shows and more activity because they can enhance the bandwidth. Yeah, and you know I'm one for timing, so it probably wasn't time. The time wasn't ripe to go with Rumble at that time. Who knows? But anyway, um, so we do have a Rumble station uh, that I, I'm I'm not going to do every show. Uh, it takes way too much time. I can't do it. And um, there's other there's other changes I'm going to make. I'm probably going to start up the HP computer, which is technically faster than the one that I use and see if I can't get these up there get more of them up there but right now I'm going to put up the ones in a week that I think were the best shows just by my take and I could be off so if you uh, you know if, if a show really says something to you you really want it beyond the podcast and the archives let me know and I'll I'll do my best to get it up on rumble yeah so anyway, okay. So where were we before we got off on Rumble? <laughs> You're at bo- the B word. The what? Bohemian. Oh no, what? Oh, 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 oh. The uh, Bedrus. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Well, it's it's just one of those things where it's another connection. It's it, we were talking about on the Shanghai show, coincidence and synchronicities. And you know that they're they're not this thought and action is what it is. So when you see something like I mean, Walt and I did a huge. We put them up on YouTube, unfortunately, but we had uh, done book reviews of each one of the. I don't know if it's eight or nine books that is in the series. But we did, it's nine books, but we didn't do all nine. We didn't. Why? No. No, there were some that were skipped. So I, maybe you thought they were more less interesting, but it, 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 we didn't do all the nine. I'm gonna go pull my files. I think we did. I don't remember skipping anything. Well, because I remember reading the chapter on telegony, and that we never said that on the show. Well, just because we didn't talk about it doesn't mean we didn't cover the book. My God, there was so much in every book. I know. And we only had two hours. <laughs> you know? So, uh, but I mean, we spent a lot of time. And, and over the years in our shows, she's come up. Uh, the Vedrus have come up because they they were, well, why don't you tell them what you remember about the Vedrus? Because I think you, you picked up on stuff that even I didn't get. 
which was another weird thing about that exercise because we're both reading the same book but he would find things I didn't don't remember even reading and he I'd do say something he'd go I don't remember that you know it was like we were reading two different books <laughs> it's very strange Anyway, why don't you give people a little background into the Bedrus people? Well, the, the Bedrus people, in, in short way, uh, I guess a short description is like complete opposite to what we consider civilized. Like the, the thing that we remember, even before we came across the book, The Ringing Cedars of Russia, I remember I used to say like this this is uncivilized. This thing that we call civilization is uncivilized. There's nothing civilized about this business that we called, you know, civilization. And these people are actually the opposite of that because they were totally civilized in the sense that, for example, we work because we're forced to work. There is a system in place that you're uh, when you reach a certain age, you have to work because you have to be. You have to pay for the food. And this is like uh, um, Alex Collier says that uh, aliens, other aliens, are astounded to see how what passes for civilization here is that you have to pay to live in the planet where you were born. That's that's beyond them. They they don't they don't conceive how is that even possible. So that just goes to show how uncivilized this cabal civilization that we have and the veterans were fully civilized they didn't work to pay their their uh, food or pay for their housing none of that they didn't have any of that because they existed in harmony with nature so if all their needs were taken care of they knew for example the, the business you know how a lot of people Go Gaga when they talk about the aliens. All oh, the aliens who came and they gave man well, his present civilization. Oh my God! They taught man how to till the land and how to husbandry, you know, how to raise the animals. Like, like that's a big. That's that's the dumbing down of civilization. The veterans didn't need any of that. They didn't need a, a tilling of the soil. They didn't have to, because they knew how. Organ, how to organize the vegetation so they always had food summer or winter it didn't matter they always had the food that they needed so they, they concentrated their mental power in taking care of things that was were important they didn't have to worry oh i have to work because i have to make this and we have to make meals we have to make <laughs> clothing you know everything is work 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 because that's that's what the cabal wants us for we're just labor for them on um, for the for the address that was, didn't exist for they you know they lived in the world but in a certain you know in a certain way they they didn't belong to the world because they were free they didn't have to pay for the right to be on this planet they were free all the time and, and in fact uh <clears throat> In uh, in that lecture that I saw on, on YouTube, who was a, a, a Russian doctor who spoke about the ringing cedars of, of Russia, he said that uh, Albert Schweitzer, that famous doctor that well, it, it was always held as a big humanitarian and he was so good, and like, 
he was a, a he was the biggest jerk because he when he spoke about uh, the the uh, men in in uh, in uh, in Africa, he spoke about we we have to we have to get them engaged in something because they're too free. He actually were he actually spoke about how free the black men were. So how do we how do we get them engaged? How do we make them work? So the black men didn't have to work worry about you know getting food to eat at the end of the day. They didn't have to worry about it. They were free. They were veterans. But then these Europeans introduced this system where they created a need. They they created a need, something intangible and invisible. They created so they created for the black man. Oh, we you need to you need this. You need this uh, object. You need this clothing. You need this process. You know you know you have this whole thing of regarding need. So the the. Uh, the Africans were introduced to something they didn't know about. They, they were introduced to the idea of working in order to fulfill your needs. What they weren't told is that if they weren't real needs. They were fake needs that were invented to keep them busy doing work. You get it? <laughs> so, the, so the bedrooms were, they were a, an insult to the world of the cabal. Because here you had free people that didn't have to do work for a living. Oh, that must have been a, that must have been an insult to the heart of the cabal. Free people, this is impossible. How can you have people? You know, no, no, no. We, you can't have free people. These are just these are just slaves that are supposed to serve us. What is this business of freedom? <laughs> so if there's one thing about Vedros, the heart of the Vedros is the freedom. They're free. They're, they're beholding to nobody. So that's that's the thing that the, the cabal cannot tolerate, cannot endure. And that's what's bringing him down because people are, have reached the, you know, like like uh, Anastasia said in the books, the cabal, the, uh, a lot of the veterans are coming back and they're waking up to the fact that you don't need to work to live. You can just live and enjoy life. I mean, you don't have to be working to, you don't have to work for the right to live. So people are waking up to that. Little by little, it's working out like the biggest wake up is this business of the, uh, of the children that were liberated in that movie, The Sounds of Freedom. Okay, that's like, that, that's like a, a giant uh, knife in the heart of the Vedros. Having children being raised just to be, uh, Livestock? Oh my God! That was—it's beyond. So, don't think that this is a civilized world. Not just yet. While that thing still exists, you, when you still have a like, like the uh, the producer spoke about this movie about the millions of humans that are still enslaved on this planet. Do not call this a civilization. We are not living in a civilization. We're in a in a in the middle of a war, you can say that, but I wouldn't call it civilized. So, did I give you enough of a feeling for <laughs> what the Vedros are? They're the enemies of the cabal. <laughs> what war was ever civilized? Exactly. Well said, Sheriff. 
that, that's where they named you sheriff, see? <laughs> well, that kind of tickled me when you said civilized war. <laughs> what yeah. war was ever civilized? Exactly. <laughs> So, where do you want to go from here? I don't know. You're the one who said that uh, this Karen was going to talk about the Vedros, or you were going to make her talk yeah, about I'm hoping. I'm hoping that we do, like I say, do some programs where she really... Can, you, to, can you use your mystical powers to like keep her on topic, as opposed to running away? <laughs> yes, yes. Talking about a hundred different things in five minutes? <laughs> No, I, I think I can. I think I can. Okay. <laughs> to the four. <laughs> okay, so I have another uh, tape from um, uh, John Nolan here. It's a near-death story. And I also have one with uh, Tucker, okay? it's all, Now, the Tucker one is only 55 seconds. But what happened is he's talking to Pence, and apparently it's it's recent. I couldn't figure out exactly when it happened, but I want I want you to just hear this because it's just it's just amazing. Tucker Carlson is boost. I'm sorry, Mr. Vice President. Have you? I know you're running for president. You are distressed. You. you are distressed notice. that the Ukrainians don't have enough American tanks. Every city in the United States has become much worse over the past three years yeah. drive around there's not one city that's gotten better in the united states right. and it's visible our economy has degraded the suicide rate has jumped public filth and disorder and crime have exponentially increased and yet your concern is that the ukrainians a country most people can't find on a map who've received tens of billions of u.s tax dollars don't have enough tanks it's a fair question to ask like where's the concern for the united states in that well it's not my concern tucker i've heard that routine from you before but that's not my concern you are can you believe that pence said that and he repeated it yeah. Remind me, who is Pence? What role is this? He was the vice president to Trump. He's oh, running oh. president against Trump right now. But, of course, I'm going to say what I usually say. It's not the real one. I know, but they're making more and more disclosures or blunders. Yes, it was they a, are. Yeah, yeah uh, Camelia there, Harris, the vice president now to Biden. She was doing something on climate change, and instead of using the word, uh, what, she used the word depopulation, and it was, what was the oh, word? <laughs> what was the word that, that, that she wanted to, that she, she should have used? Freudian slip. <laughs> I have no idea. I, I'll have to look that up, and we'll put it on the, the Say What show. It was hysterical because, you know, normally if you, I've done it myself, amazing, right? But I say something and then I kind of like go, is that the right word? Did I say that right? You know, there was none of that in her. You know, it's like talk about a background person or a backdrop person. There, she's one of them. Well, they can't lie their true intentions. So that's what they re what she, she's saying, what she actually meant, depopulation. Yes, exactly, exactly. 
yeah, let's her let let let's elect her back in. You know, uh, that would be something else. Oh, that's. I don't very... think. I don't think. I I think that would be the straw. If the camel took over, uh, the pretend president. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? No. All right, so let's, <laughs> let's just listen to, to to John Claude or John Nolan near death story. It's kind of cool. Okay, we'll be right. I mean, we'll. we'll it's uh, twelve minutes. Hey, hey, Inspire Tribe, my fellow freedom lovers, John Nolan here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for liking, sharing, commenting, subscribing, and hitting the notification button so you'll get notified about new videos as they are released. Today, I'd like to share a story with you, an NDE story, a near-death experience story that was uh, told to us by a man many years ago when Christine and I were selling the house we were living in at the time. One day, I believe it was a Sunday, we received a call from our realtor and he said that there was this guy who would like to come by today. It was possible. We said, sure, no problem. And about two hours later, the doorbell rang and, uh, you know, or the bell rang and a man walked up to our front door. There was a gate and walked up the driveway. And when I say walk, he was really <laughs> struggling, paralyzed. Obviously half of his body was paralyzed and he had a hard time walking and obviously had suffered a stroke, which you could see you know, pretty clearly if you understand how these things work. As we shook hands and exchanged names and pleasantries and whatnot, we both had the feeling this wasn't just about looking at our house. As it so often is, things happen for a reason and people are being brought together for a reason. So it wasn't long until he started sharing his story. He was a businessman from Bulgaria and uh, was very successful living the high life and had spent a few weeks in Dubai, probably a year prior to seeing us, just closed a very successful business deal. And he said, you know, I was I was sitting on the beach in Dubai, smoking a fat cigar, having a drink and living the high life, making a lot of money and just feeling on top of the world. Uh, he had just had a, a young son with his wife, maybe a few months old at that time. And he said, I was sitting on a beach and all of a sudden, it was as if my brain, something in my head had exploded. That's the last thing I remember. Something in my brain exploded. He said, then the next thing he remembers is literally being pulled up to what he called heaven. And he said, like so many others have told their NDE stories, he was kind of observing everything from above. He was watching the scene on the beach as somebody had run up to him, a woman had run up to him, started doing CPR and uh, calling the ambulance and trying to keep him alive. And he was observing the whole scene. And as he has ascended to this other world, his father greeted him. And it, it was a beautiful reunion for him because he had missed him dearly since his passing, he said. Hey, and hey, so his father then... Uh, slowly took him away from that scene and basically brought him into this other world, which Lyudmil, that, that was the man's name, he called it heaven. And he said it was incredibly beautiful. It looked similar as on Earth, but everything was more ethereal, more intense colors. Everything was clean and beautiful, just absolutely wonderful. And he said to him that it felt like, you know, he was 
spending days or weeks there, he got to meet deceased family members. And he said he also had a conversation with God. And uh, some things were revealed to him in that conversation. Some things were revealed to him by his father. And some things were even revealed to him about the person on the beach, the woman uh, that had helped him. But I'll get to that later. So these principles that were revealed to him changed his outlook on life, even as he was still up in heaven. And of course, like all people explain or say it, they have a choice, right? When the time came, he was asked whether he wanted to stay or go back to Earth. At that point, he was lying in a hospital in Dubai on life support, intensive care, in a coma. And he was given the choice whether he wanted to go back or not. And he said he was really struggling with it because it was so beautiful. It was so wonderful where he was at. But at the same time, he had this very, very young son that had just been born that he loved very much. And so his father advised that he should go back and and look out for his son and be a good role model for his son. Because he hadn't really lived a, a very role model worthy life until that point. So he decided to come back and came back into his body and suffered through the recovery process, which was very difficult. Uh, But he also said at the same time, there was a kind of an energy and a peace that he had brought with him through this experience. Now, I mentioned earlier that he had a very, very interesting conversation in heaven, which had led him to actually meet the person who had helped him on the beach. And here's what happened. The lady on the beach that had helped him coincidentally was a doctor. He didn't know any of that. He also didn't know the woman's name and nobody else knew the woman's name because as soon as the ambulance arrived, she went about her way. But while he was in heaven, he met that lady's brother who had died. And the brother uh, had something he wanted to share with his sister that he didn't before he passed away. So he passed this message on to Lutmil in heaven before he came back and said, this is her name. This is where she lives. You can you can find her and look her up. And so that's what he did after he you know went through recovery and rehabilitation and felt better. He found that lady that had helped him on the beach in London where she lived. And so she, he met up with her, actually met up with her in London. And she was absolutely shocked because she couldn't believe how he could have found her. She didn't give her name to anyone. She didn't tell anyone who she was. Uh, She just did what probably anyone would have done. She helped. And so he passed on the message from her deceased brother. And a greater cycle closed and a greater circle closed. As is this so often, nothing happens without a reason. But why am I telling you this story? It's one of those beautiful NDE stories. And even though he was struggling as he was walking through the house and, and looking at her house, planning to buy it, There was no sense of depression over his physical condition. There was no sense of sadness over that. There was pure life force and joy in it. But he said that he came back to lead a different life, to be more of service. But he had also received some clarity on spiritual principles that he said was very important. He said that God had told him, yes, we are here to serve. Yes, we are here to help each other and help others but not to a fault. And this is something that where it becomes very timely and why I wanted to share this story. So many people 
have this deep desire to help someone they love or even strangers to the point where they sacrifice their own well-being, they sacrifice their own health. They go so much above and beyond that they themselves lose health, lose joy, lose well-being. And he explained this to us as he was walking through our house very clearly. He said, here's an example. Because he was a businessman and in, you know, in, in earlier endeavors, he had gone to trade shows and fairs and whatnot. And so he gave a very clear example. He said, imagine you are setting up your booth at a trade show because you're presenting your product. And he said, now you came early enough to set it all up. You brought your tools and you're there preparing everything because opening's an hour away. And so all of a sudden, one of your neighbors at that trade show or fair comes up to you and says, hey, man, I forgot my tools. And, and can you can I borrow yours so, I get, so I'll get ready in time? And he said, you know, if lending that man the tools would mean that you yourself wouldn't be able to get ready in time and prepared for what you came to do, you shouldn't do it. You shouldn't do it. You shouldn't sacrifice your own opportunities and your own well-being for that other person because they did not take full responsibility, didn't prepare properly, and didn't take the necessary actions. And I remember walking with that thought for a very, very long time because I thought it was very, very important. As we are walking through this life and trying to help others, we so often have no boundaries. We so often have no clear lines in the sand as to at what point is it enough? At what point would helping the other person help that person, but to my own detriment? And that's something Christine and I have clearly decided a long time ago we're not going to do. We're not going to put ourselves in a horrible position to help someone who didn't do what they could to help themselves. And this is really a principle that he brought back from this near-death experience from what he called heaven. He said, what I came back to share and lead by as, in, as a role model, an example also for my son is that we have to take responsibility for our own actions and that those who don't want to do that, well, they need to live with the consequences of that. We cannot interfere with that. And this is what I believe is also so very important as we're going through these times of this great awakening to draw that line in the sand. People have made very bad choices. And they made very, very bad choices because they were scared or they made bad choices because they were lazy or complacent or because they didn't want to rock the boat or because it's how it was always done. It doesn't really matter what the decision making process was about. If we try to interfere with that or try to take responsibility for other people and their choices and the consequences of their choices, we lose ourselves. And what we came here for is to a large part our own spiritual evolution and development because all of life is a development and an evolution and if we get distracted and pulled away from that too much well then we can't do that and this is not how it was meant to be so this has nothing to do with egotism it has to do with a very healthy and affirmative choice to accept your own responsibility and other people's responsibilities. Now, this man was such a beautiful teacher to us because he was not a holy prophet coming with a white robe and a halo above his head. Not at all. He was clearly someone who had lived 
a a full life and who had done all the worldly things of drinking and smoking and partying and women and everything you know that a lot of people did and was so humble and so positive and so inspiring as he shared his stories and and we talked for a while and kept in touch for a while he never ended up buying the house which was totally fine because we knew that's not what this experience was about and there was another point that i wanted to make here is that so many of our teachers do not come in the way shape or form that you would expect them right we have a very clear societal and programmed vision of what teachers look like. Spiritual teachers have to look a certain way. Teachers in the educational world have to look a certain way. That's all programmed. But the greatest teachings and so much of the wisdom that we were lucky and or, or blessed enough to receive came from people that did not look like those holy teachers. They were very down to earth. Uh, I don't want to sound condescending, but average Joe kind of people. There was nothing average about them. They were very special if you cared to look deep enough and listen. That was a story I wanted to share with you today. I know there was a reason. I know you needed to hear this. There was a reason why you needed to hear this or it wouldn't have come up. And this is how we do things around here. It's very synchronistic. It's very guided. It's very intuitive. And that's how it's going to continue to be. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in. We love you. We appreciate you. And we'll be back with you again very, very soon. That was the, oh, go ahead, Walt. No, I was going to say that the story reminds me of the Catholic programming in Argentina. It's like, oh, everybody's so focused on sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. You know, the more you sacrifice to the very end, the more holy you are, the more the more that God is looking out for you because the more points you're going to get, brownie points, up in heaven, because you're sacrificing everything for for everything. So, yeah, I, I know that program. I've, I've heard that for so many years. Sacrifice and sacrifice till the end of everything. So, I understand the, the, the story. <laughs> Dolly, what did you think of that? That hit home. Huh? That hit home. Yeah, I figured it might. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm glad you played that. I needed well, to hear it. It's part of the <laughs> synchronicity, you know, that is involved in everything. Yeah. And, Definitely. Uh, but it was weird when he, at the end of it, when he's saying, you need to hear this. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I thought, how do you know that? Just so people understand, Dolly had a situation where she kind of learned that lesson. And um, then all of a sudden, I find this clip from uh, John Nolan, and he's talking about the very lesson that she needed to learn. And it was very kind of synchronistic, and it blew me out when I. Realized what he was saying, and I knew, oh, he's talking to Dolly. I got to get this on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. So. I, I feel more that way every day. What's that? Um, if you do something, you got to pay the piper. 
Yeah. If you don't do something you should, you got to pay the piper. If you yeah. do exactly what you're supposed to do, the piper kind of pays you. True. True. So, okay, so, um, well, Walt, you, you didn't get on the Shungite show because you were working on an order. Mm-hmm. What's, what's, hap- what's happening out there so we get a feeling for, you know, what's happening with Shungite? Like I say, Karen McDonald was really into the Shungite, and she is very influential. And hopefully, because remember how we tried to get it to the Native Americans? Yeah. Tribes, you know, because mm-hmm. they had such bad, bad water, and nobody would listen to us? Yeah. Well, I told her that. I said, I've tried to get, you know, Native American people interested. And she said, oh, yes, but, you know, you're not me. <laughs> Meaning, you know, I can convince these people that this is what they need. So it's uh, taken some time, but maybe, I mean, can you imagine being able to take the bedroom people and give to them Shungite? I mean, it just well, is... Even the, in the even the Russians have, uh, have been sold on the Shungite because uh, they when they've asked for our help, for example, the, the, you, you, um, the, the device that was a water turtle, it was, we were so we were so expecting that it was going to be put in the water in the water and and they were it was doing a tour it was touring all over the Ukraine because it was clearing up radiation <laughs> remember that so uh, they got sold I don't know if they understood that there was a Shanghai device but they were sold it was working because they were they were taking it it was clearing up the Irradiation. They didn't need to be. They didn't need to be sold. There were the instruments were were stuff. They were telling them, "This is, you know, your, your radiation is going away." Thank God we turned it on. <laughs> we, we we weren't even sure it ever got in the water. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it we it didn't need to be in the water apparently because the water did clear. But um, so that made them come back to us and ask about the Black Sea that was dying because of the green blue algae. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. at that point, uh, Walt they wanted they wanted Walt to make another one of these things. These things are not easy to make; they're expensive to make. <laughs> and you know, it, it was like, wait a minute, we're not even sure you did. And they weren't giving us back really concrete, you know, even if it was anecdotal anecdotes of yeah, very, yeah very across, across. oh geez you know so what were we doing it for to prove a point yes but th- at that point i said to him you know we don't have to send it we can do it you know long distance well, the, and well so, the, the black sea was done remotely we I, we worked through pictures but the yeah. thing with uh ukraine that was done we sent them a device that was the uh the surya resonator we sent it because they they got this over overwhelming amount of radiation because they were disturbing. That a, the yeah, but that was a, that was another one. I just want to concentrate on the Black Sea one because I'll, I'll you'll know why in a second. Okay, then we'll go to that one. All right, because what, so we decide we're going to use pictures and maps and we're going to do it. You know, we're talking on Skype, okay, and we're going to do it uh, from a, a distance. All right. So he's got the, I don't even know what device you used in that particular one. I was using the power wand. The power wand. I knew it was something odd. 
So um, as he's doing it, I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, Wall. I said, why don't we just do it for every water, every lake, every pond, everything worldwide? Why, why just point it towards one thing? Let's just do it all at once. <laughs> and so that's what we did. And, of course, we're doing this on basically live radio. Sometimes we would tape it and then play it, but we certainly would talk about it at least. And so we don't have any proof that it worked or didn't work. Well, within about, I, I think, weeks, we get a message from the uh, Russians. Now, understand that the Russians are speaking Russian. Then a Russian translates that into English. But sometimes they use words in that you get a word like translucent, which was, you know, they what did they say? The, the crabs are back yeah. and the word is translucent. And, you know, I'm going like translucent. I know I get an image of translucent, but in the concept of the Black Sea, it wasn't really matching up. But anyway, so. Yeah, it was clear, crystal, crystal clear water because the, luckily we, they sent us pictures. And yeah, you, you could actually see, for example, you could see the, uh, uh, the pebbles underwater at the, at the beach uh, you before know, you, could, you, you couldn't see the pebbles everything was filled with that uh spirogyra algae thing do you, i don't remember seeing pictures did you get pictures yeah i got pictures so the oh. it, the the, be, the beach looked so clear because because before that the the previous pictures that he's that she sent were it was horrible because the entire beach the like where the where you would expect waves to be, you couldn't see anything because everything was coated by these uh, carpets of the of the algae. It was choking up everything. Could you so do that, me a favor and send me those pictures so that I can put them on the video for this? I have to look for you. Sorry, it'll take me some time because I don't know where where specifically I put it. I might I might have might or might not have a specific folders where those things went in because I had uh, separate folders in order not to mix, mix up the stuff just, from just, just Can you do a search? Computer search? Oh, so you think you, you think you know anything about computers? <laughs> well, I know that because I have <laughs> well, I've well, used uh, it enough. Would it help you if I give you a date? I can maybe find a date. No, I'm just gonna I'm I'm just gonna do a search for JPG. Right. So 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 just see it done easily. You know, put out that manifestation. It's gonna yeah. be easy. Um, I don't think that they're gone. It's just that I have to go through hundreds and hundreds of subdirectories. That's all. It's important that we do this. We need to have as much validation of what we're talking about as we can have. Mm -hmm. So send it to me, please. Okay. Um, but one of the things that did happen at that same time, it was like, again, it was, it was, I don't know, a week, two weeks after that. Um, there's a Facebook picture, and it is this picture of Lake Tahoe. And it was astounding. The picture was absolutely astounding. It was so beautiful. But I'm looking at the water, and I'm thinking the word translucent. That's what translucent in water looks like. And the only comment was from Fernando, and he said, "Yes, you." And I, you know, we had a we put we did this on radio and stuff. And we're talking about it, and I, I went back and I said, uh, 
so you're saying that you know what we did actually cleaned up Lake Tahoe, and then I did some research on it, and I found out that Lake Tahoe had been extremely polluted. They had a number of universities and other people looking into ways of cleaning it up. And then all of a sudden it cleaned up. So all of them were taking credit (laughs) for it, you know. Um, But this is why this is why I wanted to tell this story. It turns out you ready for this one. Well, you ready for this one. It turns out they are now bottling, bottling Lake Tahoe water. (laughs) Oh, God. And selling it in stores. Is that is that a hoot? So it's going, to be like, it's going to be like the holy water of Lourdes. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so very, very bizarre. Uh, I, I did. I was, oh, my heavenly day. Too much fun. So, um, yeah, give me those. Whatever breaks. it takes to get Shangri out there. <laughs> well, I, I feel like um, we're in a... Okay, and for those people that may have been on mystical wares and may have even gotten frustrated because it was difficult to find the Shungite products you you needed, okay? Um, Derek and I looked at it because the the website sales have fallen. And I think he just got lost in all that he was doing and he lost his focus on the Shungite. So... And he completely agreed with me. Uh, well, yeah, mostly he completely agreed with me. So what he did was he built a new, uh, essentially a new website that is fundamentally the Shungite store. And then the other stuff you can find that too, but the, everything is, is geared towards getting people the Shungite they need. And there is a link, I'll, you'll see, uh, it's, it's, there's pictures and there's categories. I think there's nine of them up there now. And so you can more easily navigate. But the search also um, will bring you into uh, the Shungite products a lot easier than it was working before. And one of the things that's there is the Shungite Beehive. And it's in the, these pictures that open up. And when this website opens up, you'll see these pictures all, all about Shungite products. And if you click on that, uh, one that says Shungite Beehives, you're going to find the the program that we've mentioned before on other shows regarding trying to get people more interested in using Shungite with beehives because the preppers out there are realizing that one of the most important things to do is to be able to have bees if you want to survive. So um, it's trending that way and we might as well jump on that trend to try to get them uh, their attention on Shungite. So you, you can find you, the link is there for everybody to use. If you see should be posted, please post it. And let's get this going again. So Dolly, did you want to say something else before we sign off here? No, it's it's time to. Is it that time already? Yeah. Uh, this is the fastest two hours of the whole freaking last two days. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, I just huh. I'm just wondering, are you comfortable? Is it get cooled down? Oh, yes. I am. And Annette just handed me a, a cherry icy from Sonic when they're Ooh. icy drinks. Oh, boy. Um, 
I just want to say thanks everybody for coming and uh, and participating in the chat room. Of course, I enjoy that all the time. I do read your comments. Sometimes I don't get to answer them because I'm lazy. I'll admit I'm lazy. Uh, don't forget love blankets with everything else that the individual is receiving the blanket needs. And um, I have gotten to where I send it around planet Earth and I to all living creatures and, and humans. And um, I send it to our universe, all the beings in our universe to love, love conquers. And we're in that spiritual battle, love conquers. So please don't forget the love blankets. Walt, would you like to say goodnight quickly? Thank you for being here with us tonight. It was a great night. And uh, have a super, super time, everyone. Bye-bye. And I appreciate both of you being here and the audience. And remember, Radio 5G tomorrow. And um, be safe. The Shungite show from earlier will replay right after this. Be safe and thank you so much. Preaching, preaching, the unknown, unknown, unknown. You have been listening to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show, produced by Cosmic Reality Radio. Thank you for listening. Choose your heart.